Right. Hello and welcome to Finding Your North Star, the HGKC podcast series where we talk to business people about their experiences and challenges of building successful businesses. I am Kim Jones and I am delighted to welcome John Dre, founder of Cloud Genius. We're, talking, we're taking time today to share the insights on a productive period of creativity in lockdown. Welcome, John. Hi, Kim, and uh, thanks ever so much for inviting me. Well, we were introduced by Sarah Owen from Disc Simple a couple of years ago. Now, I've been a client and a long-term collaborator with Sarah. She specializes in communications and referral marketing, and we met through her referral group. It's a great network, and it's a great for learning and support. Yeah, no, it's really enjoyable, and you get really in-depth to find out about other people, what they do, but more importantly, what makes them tick and why you'd want to do business with them and refer them. So it's been a really positive experience. That. It's lovely. Yeah. And long may it continue. So it would be great if we could uh, start today by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and how the journey started for you. Right, started many, many years ago. So um, my journey in IT began 40 years ago. And in those days, we used to store computer programs on punch paper tape, but at least that was at school, so I can't complain that was my day job. Um, <laughs> and it was very high tech, and I was so enthused about the possibilities of automation and writing games and things which were very different to modern games. I decided to self-teach computer this CSE, getting the highest grade. Um, and then after leaving university, I worked for the NHS and introduced a distributed IT system for district nurses and health visitors. And that was back in the late 1980s. I went to work with Kent County Council on some of the IT infrastructure that prepared the way for the Channel Tunnel. Uh, went off and trained as an Anglican priest at Oxford University, worked in parishes for 10 years, and then returned to IT. Well, that's quite a radical change. <laughs> yeah, there was a, a huge change in there. Um, and it it's, reflects an important aspect of the way I approach computers is that we're not there to serve the computers, they're there to actually sort of help us do our jobs and take away a lot of the tedium. And in customer care, I always try to remember the people at the other end because I, I really like people. One of those I think things. this is a really important part of kind of you and your journey is this, uh, this customer-centric approach. Uh, I'm looking forward to talking more about that. So, yeah, no, so it was really good. Um, and when I returned to IT, um, I, I sort of started, well, was offering support to hedge fund managers, venture capitalists, boutique bankers, amongst others. And I was, off, I was actually offering personal support to the 30th richest man in the world at one point, which was uh, quite exciting. Um, and in this role, I developed hosted services department, which is all about cloud-based computing, moving your computing power out of your offices and into data centers because it's so much more efficient and better maintained, more secure. And then one day, a friend that I was working with introduced me to Salesforce because he was going off to start a Salesforce consultancy as a way to automate all the processes that go on within a business or a charity. And I can remember being absolutely blown away by the possibilities. I was used to systems that took months to set up and even longer to get working properly. And here was something that could be up and running in its standard format in 15 minutes. And it's you just testimony, wrote... isn't it, to that kind of uh, all pervasiveness that Salesforce has had and its ease and adoptability. 
Yeah, and the other thing that blew me away was that um, if you wrote something, some bespoke automation for it, it wasn't one of those things that snapped as soon as you upgraded the system because of the way the, the very architecture sales force, it just is designed so that your modifications survive upgrades and continue to work. I mean, except very rare circumstances where they've got to do something to improve the security and your process was insecure, which is a good reason for something to break. Yeah, very much so. And uh, so anyway, with all that, um, write in automation once and it runs forever. And instead of requiring amazingly expensive infrastructure of private hosted platforms, which can run to tens or even hundreds of thousands of pounds, you get something configured perfectly at less than 1% of the cost. What's not to love? And because your servers aren't in your office, there's no server for someone to spill tea on when they're um, in the stationary cover where you've kept the server. All right, and you can be spending your money on things that matter in your business. Yeah, and you don't have to worry about the IT's team not having sufficient knowledge to properly maintain the infrastructure because you've got absolute experts in the data center maintaining yeah. it. And the same people that are maintaining your instance are maintaining huge companies' infrastructure like Coca-Cola and Texaco. So if it's not right, Salesforce are going to know about it and get it right. Yeah, that's great. So, you know, let's move on to what you're doing now or closer to what you're doing now. Well, I do do the consultancy. I do that mainly for charities. Um, one of the big things with Salesforce that they started was 1% of their development time and their donations of profits and things all goes towards charities. And so small charities can get 10 licenses absolutely free of charge, which is massive saving. So instead of 1% of the cost of a hosted infrastructure, it's 0% of the cost. So what we do is help people, well, first we assess needs, um, then we go through the process of implementation and it, we tend to follow an agile approach because as people find out about the project, they say, you mean it can do that? That would be so helpful. And we say, yeah, it can. Would you like it? <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're um, but, not really but, aware of what the capabilities of some of these packages can have in terms of their membership and subscription as an organisation. But it's you know managing donors, it's fantastic for that. Have yeah, experience for that. The charity myself, excellent. All right, okay. Now that's really yeah. good to know. And the but the the the, the side of that is, I mean, traditional ways you you sort of design exactly what you thought you wanted. You'd implement exactly what you thought you wanted, and then you'd have it, and you'd find out it wasn't what you wanted. <laughs> yeah, so. whereas now you sort of implement and say do you like that or when you're using it does it not feel quite right and then you can divert the path and you can say well you can go down that path and actually if you do that it'd be cheaper if you do that it'd be a lot more expensive which would you like to do and so you're giving back a lot of control to people and because the customer's engaged in the development process it means that when you actually get to handover, they're already engaged with it. So it actually assists with that change process. So it's really cool. That sounds great. Uh, and then of course we do the training and support. Now, one of the downsides of support is Salesforce is so reliable, there's very little to do. <laughs> so it's normally about changes, uh, updates, dreaded password resets, um, which people can actually do self-service. Like we don't even get a lot of those. Um, and really request for change or we've realized that it does this um 
can you configure that for us? And so, like, which is lovely because customer support, I, having said I like people, I, I don't like it when people have to come back and treat me as the master of their computer system. I, I like people to have autonomy and self-control. So this has given you plenty of time for other products. So, you know, tell us a bit well, about EventBridge. Oh, well, EventBridge is wonderful. I developed it a number of years ago for the Royal Society of Arts and Manufacturers in London um, because what they had was marketing teams who were importing their data from um, Eventbrite into Salesforce. And there were a number of problems with this. One is that humans are not good at doing repeated processes reliably, so it's probably happening a month or two after the actual event. And then there are huge problems because you get things like um, husbands and wives um, using the same email address, and so that would confuse the data, or sometimes secretary would sign up instead of the person. And, and so there are lots of matching issues which would have required hours and hours of um, people going through the data. And if you've ever met a marketing person, that's not normally their personality type. No. And that's being nice because they're really good at marketing. They want people, they don't want to deal with the data. And so we wrote this product that does advanced pattern matching and unlike any other product in the market, to my knowledge, it can connect with multiple Eventbrite accounts. Um, so we've since moved on from using that to using it for a large organization that coordinates various charities in Wales. And we've also generalized it. So um, we're hoping to actually sort of push that out to other people. Because once you've got all that data in Salesforce, you can report on it, see what people's patterns of attendance are. Um, if they booked a ticket and then didn't attend, and then you can find out the reason why. Just if you know the reason why, that, that then you can actually change the marketing effort. And if you discover that you're running all sorts of concerts and one person is only interested in the jazz concerts that you run, then there's no point sending them information about all the other concerts. Give them the stuff they want. And they're more, then more likely to remain engaged with your marketing lists and things like that. So they're more likely to attend. Your marketing effort is more effective. They feel as if their message has been personalised to them. And so rather than feeling, oh, I've just been blasted by an email, they think, oh, this was just for me. This was personalised to my needs. And you can do add other things like finding out whether they want to join your organisation, whether they do have other interests, because you, you can send out an email saying, as well as running jazz concerts, we also do gardening contests. Are you interested in gardening? or some, something off the wall. And you, you're giving the people opportunity within that to sort of say, oh yes, we'd like to find out about that or not, because who likes junk mail? I know I don't. Uh, I get hundreds of them a day and uh, I'm fastest finger first on that unsubscribe button. Uh, I don't want unsolicited email. <laughs> so that kind of really sets the scene for us about, you know, your creativity and your problem solving and your customer centric view. So, you know, how has the lockdown impacted you and your business? Well, I'm really, really pleased to be able to say that being a cloud-based business, it's virtually unaffected my business. That's not to say it hasn't affected me personally, because although I'm a bit of an IT hermit who um, is very self-sufficient, I do find being cut off from people totally very difficult. So I'm finding things like Zoom a real life saver. I'm also finding that everyone's just that bit more fragile because... Um, 
mm. uh, for all the stress and the unusual nature of the current situation. It's uh, really quite a big thing. Well, it obviously is a big thing, but there's all those psychological changes as well, which fascinate me. And so I, I'm, I'm sticking to the motto, be kind. I think, uh, you know, your training from your sort of clerical background as well has given you probably a, a bit more empathy <laughs> with people <laughs> and also how to deal with people in troubled times uh, because you know, you've done it uh, for a very long time. Yeah, when I was training people for help this, I'll say, what you need to remember is that the person who's just ringing you up is absolutely terrified because they're in a vulnerable situation revealing to you their lack of knowledge, their perceived inadequacy, which are not true. And um, what you've got to do is be gentle with them and try and find out what the situation is so that you can assist them. And then yeah. if you do that well, you make them really happy. Yeah, so, uh, you know, overall, we've talked a little bit there about clients, about their, sort of how they've reacted to the change. And I know you've done some other big changes in your business in terms of, uh, you know, remote working and the working from home model. Yeah, it was a really great coincidence because um, I decided that I really didn't need an office anymore. A part of that was I wanted to run a local training club. But with a cloud-based business, you, you can push things out to a far wider audience. And so it's given opportunity to use uh, virtual assistants, um, potential for virtual support, um, and to tell the truth, I rather like being at home because my big hobby, I do have several hobbies, my big hobby is keeping bees. And so being able to keep an eye on them, particularly in this season where they might swarm um, and then going and collecting a swarm is a big thing for me. Uh, and I can remember once I was going through, the, there's no ISO 9001, so I was going through a CompTIA Trustmark plus qualification and I had the um, assessor was in my front room and uh, the bees swarmed so I had to pop out for half an hour to collect the bees and come back and he said well, I've never had that happening in this before. <laughs> yeah 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 I, listen, that's kind of different break in your day isn't it and, and I think um, this lockdown has really helped people connect a bit more with nature and think about it a bit more you know, and the, the, the plight of bees and how uh, essential they are to the fabric of uh, the ecology yeah. of uh, the UK in particular. Well, I think one of the big things is that people have actually noticed things like birdsong and the birds aren't singing as loudly because there's less traffic, but actually we're hearing them a lot more. Yeah. Um, another side effect is that my honey here is very distinctive. I'm not here to sell my honey, but... Yeah. Um, <laughs> the people who try it it's, um, tend to want more and they felt very restricted by lockdown. So I've actually had to set up an e-commerce website so that people can buy it and I can post it out. The postage and packing is um, very expensive because yeah, it's heavy. a heavy thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a dense thing. Uh, and uh, just, but <laughs> it, it's helped people through lockdown because they've had a lovely familiar flavour. And I must admit last year's honey was particularly amazing with a uh, taste of orange and other things <laughs> but it it's um been quite fun sending that out so it's gone all over scotland i don't normally send abroad but some of it made its way to germany well that's um, one thing that you have to get a little tech there uh, get a little website and a little e-commerce channel going excellent but alongside your normal business 
And the, the other nice thing I like doing is just writing in little personalized notes that go in with the honey as well, just to sort of say, oh, it's really nice. Thank you for doing this and lovely things like that. And it makes a great thank you gift because I, I know some people have struggled during this and uh, getting a nice pot of honey with a personalized sticky label on the front makes a huge difference. Yeah, um, you know, we were talking a bit about, you know, what you've learned from this experience, this thing of, you know, being kind, you know, dealing with the unexpected. Uh, and some of those unexpected is that you've been very innovative. You've been looking at new products and, and you know, it, you know, pivoting around what you've got to offer clients. Well, right now. indeed, because one of the things that with people sat around um, some people are overwhelmed by it, but other people have got an awful lot of time to sit and think. And some of them are thinking, what am I doing with my life? Perhaps I could take my life in a different direction. And so one of the products we have set up is some really quick websites. So they're almost ready to go. You supply us with some text to fill in the gaps and some pictures. And then supposing you're a teacher who wants to become a tutor, got a website for that or if you want to become a virtual assistant we've got another one for that um, and if you want a bit more customization that we can charge extra but basically you get an up and running website with all the stuff that you need like blog certificates hosting for a year for 247 pounds wow. cut my own throat <laughs> yeah well, the thing is, it's a really great thing isn't it because it allows people to Kind of test things out you know and it, we are going to be in a very disrupted uh, situation after this lockdown there will be a lot of people who will lose their jobs and need to go on their own you know there'll be a lot of people who be using this time to say actually i don't want to do what i did before mm -hmm. or i want to That's work it. differently or more flexibly and i'd rather you know like many of us have more portfolio careers in terms of um doing more than one thing yeah and it's that flexibility and creativity because a lot of the time we're sort of kept on that little treadmill and so having pause for thought just allows us to think about what do I want to do what legacy do I want to leave yeah. and all those sorts of questions what, what aspects of my job do I enjoy what do I hate and how can I change my life to more correctly align with that so these people that you're talking to and helping with their sort of uh, getting their websites are coming up with lots of little problems and lots of things that they'd uh, like to solve. So this might be a good place to talk about, you know, top tips from, you know, from Mr. Right. Guru, Mr. Cloud Guru here. <laughs> well, the number one web thing is everyone wants their website to be found on Google uh, and what Google is looking for, because everyone thinks, oh, the algorithms, the algorithms. What Google wants when someone searches for it is they want relevant, up-to-date content. So if I'm searching for a knitting pattern, I don't want something for getting knits out of people's hair. <laughs> Sorry, that's very funny. <laughs> they want something about knitting patterns. And uh, unless they're searching for historic knitting patterns, they probably want nice modern fashions so <laughs> when you're um looking for stuff on google that's what you want and if you think oh if that's what i'd like to turn up um that, that then you can actually sort of write some articles so if google's looking for relevant up-to-date that means it needs to be written recently so if now is a really good time to write some blog posts 
because they, for free, will help your website climb. Obviously, they have to be relevant as well as up to date. So they're about the business of your website and they're about products or services or whatever you offer. And because you've got, if you have got some free time now, write several of them. Because if you write several of them, most modern blogging software, including WordPress, allows you to schedule them. So you can make it look as if you're writing an article a week when what you actually did was sat down one Saturday and wrote 10 articles and scheduled them for the coming 10 weeks. And those will all look relevant, up to date. And if your website looks alive, because that's very important. Remember, a lot of businesses have closed or shut temporarily or permanently this time. So it's more important than ever that you let the world know that your business is still alive and kicking. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Well, you've written us a great set of uh, tips uh, which will be available from your website. So I'm just going to give it a plug here so that listeners can uh, find their way there. So it is cloud-genius.com. Perfect. And you will be able to find it there. And also, um, this uh, podcast, you'll be able to uh, access it from John's website and from HGKC. John, it's been fascinating to have a chat through from all of your background and why you are so focused on sort of technology and people and really bringing benefits in relationships to people. I've really enjoyed it and uh, it's great to see somebody thriving in lockdown. Thank you very Thank much you so for much, our Kim. conversation today. And uh, I look forward to the next time we uh, meet in the real world. Yes, until we meet again for real. For Thank real. You, Kim. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye.